bless you, Jesus. Come on, one more time, sing it. welcome you into this place to move to minister to touch your people Lord we thank you that we're not here by accident Lord we're not here by chance there's no circumstances that are just happenstance you have us here for a reason so Lord I pray right now that every hindrance is moved out of the way that our ears our hearts our minds are alert and ready to receive the word ready to 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 take on a, a fresh impartation of your spirit to go to a new place of joy and to peace and to get out of everything that's held us back every mindset everything that's that's keeping us back lord i pray right now for freedom in this place and that the seeds we sow tonight will grow fruit quickly and lives will begin to change and people will walk out of here with tools to be better to see their lives turn for the good because if our eyes are stayed upon you, your word says we have to have perfect peace. So as we move our eyes towards you in every situation, Lord, we believe that peace is going to invade and our lives are going to be full of joy. No matter where we're at in life, Lord, I've seen you turn it around. I thank you, Lord, for those that are not here, that are traveling, those that have been dealing with sickness and different things that have either gotten home from the hospital or dealing with doctor's reports your word says that we'll believe the report of the Lord we call healing into their bodies Lord we thank you for strength and we thank you that everything is turning for your good in Jesus mighty name amen amen are you happy to be here on Wednesday night all right all right all right all right praise team good job listen uh, they're going to go ahead and have a seat youth is going to start migrating to the back they're going to go have a good time back there and we're going to get into the Word real quick and uh, talk about a few things tonight. Um, there's going to be, uh, we're going to do a few, a little bit of Scripture jumping tonight. Um, and that's okay. Right? Amen? You love the Word, right? You know, it's, it's the Word that makes you free. It is the Word that makes you free. But, but it's also an encounter with Him that, that puts peace in your heart. And sometimes we get too focused on reading scriptures and we don't hear what he's trying to say to us. So we want to move over into that tonight and just really, uh, just really, really, really get into the word just deep and see what he's saying to us. Amen. Go to the book of John chapter 1. Most of you are going to recognize this as something that uh, I've kind of stayed on for the last few weeks. But I want to, you know, my primary grace outside of being a pastor uh, my primary assignment, my pri the, the thing that I'm best at is to teach sonship. Um, people often ask me what sonship is, and, and in a nutshell, sonship is this. You are a created being. You're living your life. You don't know Jesus. Uh, everybody calls themselves a child of God, but unless you know Jesus, you're not. And uh, so you're just living your life, and then you give your life to the Lord. You give your life to Jesus, and you become a child of God. But then there comes a point where it seems like, and we've all been there as Christians. If you've been in church more than a month, you've been there. Everything seems to be going good. You give your life to Jesus. You know, you get some flack from the people at work or some family members or whatever. But when you really pray, you see things begin to answer and things begin to mold right into the right way. But then all of a sudden, it becomes a little tougher. 
Because things aren't just quite happening as smoothly as they happened before. Well, God's inviting you into sonship. And sonship doesn't, it's not an extension of your salvation. It's, it's not a whole nother salvation. What it is is your salvation opening up to you. It's opening up and you seeing it's not just a fire policy. It's not just going to heaven. It's a relationship. It's a peace. It's a guiding. It's a light unto your feet. It's all the things that you need it to be. Because when you have a child, you, you teach that child, you play with that child. And, and, but when you move over into a place where it's time for that child to be a man or a woman, your, your teaching ways change. And that's the same thing with you and God. He pulls you into sonship because now it's important for you to begin to understand what his word is saying to you. And as you begin to understand what his word is saying to you, you move over into a new place. So John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power, say power, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now I like the way that the Amplified Classic says it. It says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privileges, and the right to become the children of God, which is actually the sons of God, to those that believe in, adhere to. Now listen to this. For those who believe in, number one, adhere to, number two, trust in, number three, and rely on, number four, his name. Now, let's hang out right there a minute because we, I've got a, a mountain of stuff to get to, but this is what you have to understand. If you don't believe in, trust in, rely on, and adhere to his name, then you're really just hoping things will work out. And there is, there is that. There is grace. Thank God for grace. Amen. Thank God that grace, when you're in the midst of a mess, there's grace to cover you. And I just want to say this. Y'all, y'all, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not, make a mental note. Your sin and your screw up and where you're at in life is not intimidating to God. He's actually made a way of escape. The issue is, is we don't ever turn to him quick enough. We let all hell break loose first. And, and then, then we try to pray. And, and that's okay. A lot of us don't know. I mean, I remember, man, when I was a drug addict and, and ready, you know, I remember, I remember at nights when my children were small and, and before I ever got saved, April would have to lift my head to help me breathe. I was so high she thought I was going to die in the middle of the night. And the truth is I probably wanted to die. Um, I didn't know that there was a good God. My, my impression of God was his people, and his people had failed miserably. They, they were very judgmental and hard and mean, and, and they were, wanted me to be them, and I was me, and, and I didn't understand that. But when I came in, I came in broken, and I came in a mess, and, and I watched God begin to piece my life back together. And it wasn't a fast process, but it was a peaceful process. See, I didn't have to make myself be whole. I just learned to hear him, and it wasn't easy, but I learned to hear him. And as I learned to hear him, every instruction he gave me put a little piece of me back together. But when he put me back together, he put me back together his way. Now, I want to read these four to you again. In, in the Amplified, on verse 12, But to many as, as did receive him, those that, that welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, and right. Now, there's four things you need to hang on to right there. You've been given the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God and the sons of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Now, Romans 8 and 1 says this way, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Romans, let's, let's look at that. Put Romans 8 up in, the, in just King James. Let's look at that real quick. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, let's define that a minute. And when it says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, it's saying, who walks not after your way of doing things, but walk after love. See, what we've done, especially those of us who believe in the move of the Holy Ghost, we've taken that and we've made that something that it's not. We've made it as if there has to be this explosion of glory before we get to walk into something. That's not what this says. The word spirit is translated the agape love of God. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after love. Amen. Right? Now let's take it a little further. Actually everything I just told you is not even in the Greek. It's not even there. It says this. There is therefore now no condemnation. Period. Amen. How many of y'all screwed up? Don't, don't put your hands down. Because <laughs> we all have. There is therefore now, say now, no condemnation. Zero. Y'all, God is not looking at you to find your failure. Okay? He's not looking at you to find your flaw. He's not looking at you to find your brokenness. He's not looking at you to find, oh, there, there it is. I knew he wasn't going to make it. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is he's actually exposing your weakness so you can be made strong in him because you know you're weak there. You have to be able to turn to him in whatever you're weak in because he can't be strong in you if you're too prideful to give it to him. I know where I'm, I know where I miss it. I know where I mess up. I know where I find myself. I know where my mind goes. I know those things. So my job as a Christian, as a son of who he is, is to recognize, okay, the minute that I start thinking this way, I start going in a direction I don't need to go. Because here's what's happened. When you start thinking something and those thoughts begin to turn and churn and burn in your mind, you begin to say what you're thinking. And because your words have power, the more you say what you're thinking, the more your life goes that way. And what you've got to do is you've got to get to a place where it may sound like you're lying to yourself. But when all hell is breaking loose, if you can say, I am the blessed of the Almighty. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Uh, he, he says in Proverbs 10 and 22 that he wants me to walk in wealth and riches and peace with no toil and no hard work. Now, we, we get caught up in the money side of that thing. But if you ever get your life peaceful, money don't even matter anymore. Money comes to you when you're peaceful. I'm just going to tell you, this whole prosperity movement is mis misinterpreted. When you get peaceful in everything, you become a magnet for these things. But we focused on the money too much, and then people focused on people having money too much, and we've not focused on the fact that he's our king, our father, and our God, and that he wants to bless us, but we have to be in a quiet place with him. Amen? All right, let's try to move forward a little bit. Go to, um, go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 1. Galatians 4 and 1 says, Now I say that the heir, that's you, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant. Or actually the translation there is slave. Though he be Lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until a time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Which means whatever will be, will be. Verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, that's Jesus, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that was you before you were ever born, that you might receive the adoption of sons, not salvation. 
Now, don't run out of here and say, Pastor Alice said, don't get saved. No, no, no. God's ultimate goal is to use the blood of Jesus to bring you into salvation. But once you hit that cross and cover yourself in the blood, we've made an altar of the cross, and that was never supposed to happen. We were supposed to walk through the blood of the cross and walk right to here that we might. That's the word might there is very specific because not everybody's going to get this. Everybody has an opportunity, but not everybody's going to get it. But that you might receive the adoption of sons, that you might receive, that you might get your brain out of the way, that you might stop sulking about life, that you might stop putting yourself down, that you might start seeing yourself as a little more worthy than, than what you think you are. Because it's not about how good you are, it's about good he as good as he is and he's covering you. So when God sees you, he should see him. So if he sees him... Then he can open up the door for what comes to him to come to you. Amen. That's, a, that's Prosperity 101 in 10 seconds. It's not about money. It's about covering yourself in him. That you might receive. That you might. That you might. I got a $50 bill in my wallet. If I pull it out and say, Caleb, I might give you this. Right? That's kind of torture, don't you think? I might. You ever had that person in your life that tells you, oh, we're going to, look, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, 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 this. They get you all fired up on something, and then you don't ever know if they're going to do it or not. You just kind of on hold. You ever been there? I hate that place. Uh, listen, as, and as a pastor, oh, my gosh, you will be surprised at the people that will call you and say, Lord's talking to me about your ministry. We're, we're going to sow some big money. We want to help you get this vision accomplished. And five years later, they ain't called. You know, that kind of thing. So you have to trust God. Because people, let me tell you something, people are fickle. And one little thing they hear you say on the internet, they don't ever want to talk to you again. I would hate, and this, let me just tell y'all something. This little stuff with Brother Copeland that's going on right now, don't be dumb enough to take a snapshot of somebody's life and paint the whole movie like that. Because the truth is, is we have no idea what really goes on in life. And, and although, although we could talk more about those ministries later, I don't want anybody to take 10 seconds of my life and decide that's who Alan Bailey is because at any given moment, we could all be failing. And if that's the snapshot we take, then what we do is we get in the mindset of, oh, well, that, he's this, he's that, or I'm this, or I'm that. And what you're doing is exactly that. You're taking a snapshot of this season of your life, and you think that's how it's going to be forever. And God has never designed you to stay in one place in the Spirit that long. Amen. All right, so let me try to get something in you. Go to Isaiah 43. I told y'all we're going to do some scripture jumping tonight. Isaiah 43. Uh, we're going to start at verse 18. Isaiah 43, verse 18. You know, as a, as a preacher, when I started preaching, uh, everybody had a Bible. Now everybody has a device, you know. So I got used to hearing the, the pages flip. And now you just hear one or two pages flip. And there's that temptation to go, I don't bring y'all's Bibles, you know, like the old school preachers. But I'm not going to do that because I love you too much. <laughs> Until you're in a minister's conference and everybody's iPad dies because we've been there for seven hours. And then we get in trouble because we don't have a real Bible and our iPad's dead. Yeah, that happens, by the way. Um, I won't mention his name, but his initials are Tracy Harris, and uh, <laughs> he likes to go a little long. He likes to get on to me about my iPad. Anyway, Isaiah 43, <laughs> verse 18, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. 
Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. That's you. They shall show forth what? My praise. Isn't that amazing? That he's kept you. And those of you that trust him, and some of us don't know how to trust him yet. We're all on different places in learning how to trust. But that doesn't mean you're all in different places in God's eyes. He loves you all dearly. You just all have to figure it out. Let me explain something to y'all about figuring it out. My, I've got, y'all know, y'all know my family. I've got 10 kids. They're all different. But they all have different mindsets. And, and the younger kids have watched the older kids and figured things out. Okay? Um, so my younger kids have progressively moved faster than the, the, the older kids. Because Jordan's birthday was, was last weekend. And now when Paige and Hannah and Aaron were small, they were content with going to, where we go, Red Lobster, Outback, wherever, and buy me a doll. You know, they were content with that. That's kind of how we did things. Because when you got as many kids as we have, birthdays just get crazy. And we're just like, we're not having any more parties. So we just go, one kid, me and April, go have a good time. Well, Jordan has watched this and figured out She's got siblings now who have money. <laughs> so she's realized nobody has a party. So she goes to me and April and decides she wants this. And she goes to Cameron and Cameron, I want this. And she goes to the girl and I want this. And then she goes to Cody and he shows up with animals at my house. And then all these, because she's figured out she is who she is and she has the influence she has and she's going to milk everything out of it she can get. How can I fault that kind of wisdom? Right? Because she knows who she is. Y'all, she has made $150 million on selling y'all crap in this sanctuary because she's Jordan Bailey. Oh yeah, I'll buy that from you. She she can come in here with Play-Doh with her name in it and y'all will buy it. I cannot fault her for that because she, y'all laugh, but it's true. It's your money, not mine. She's realized how to win, right? And all my older kids are like, y'all would have never let us get away with that. It's not that, that's not the, don't amen, it's not the issue. Y'all were just too dumb to figure it out. She figured it out. That's very, hey, you need to talk to her about it, not me. Because she has figured out, listen, Zion almost got there, but Zion's just like, yeah, he's too, he's no hassle. He don't care. But Jordan, her tenacity is unbelievable. She is going to be a billionaire on something. She's gonna have, she ain't going to have no home shopping network. She's going to have the Jordan shopping network. You're going to tune into Jordan. Why? Because she realizes, not, listen, not that she's my kid. That's not the issue. But she has realized that she has influence. Not because she's a Bailey, but because she's loving and she's kind and she's joyful. And she loves everybody that walks in the door. And she's realized how to, to, to parlay that over into, okay, I'm going to get something out of this. And that's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But she's understood that she's chosen, not because, listen, this is not just, I don't want this to be a message about Jordan. This is how you should be. 
She has realized, Jordan has realized that, that everybody in this room, if they say they will do something for her, they will do it. Right? There's not one person in this room that hasn't told her something that they didn't do. Now, God has told you, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. And you wonder if he can. Then you say, well, I know he can, but will he? When God's like, just ask me with boldness. We were in class in the Becoming Center, and we were watching some, uh, uh, a DVD with Jesse Duplantis, and a little over an hour teaching. It was fun. We had a good time. But he said this statement that really convicted my heart. He said, it's supposed to be fun to believe God. It's not supposed to be hard. If you're on your face begging God, you're not believing him. You're hoping against hope that something happens. I, I'm realizing I've gotten away. I talked to you Sunday morning about finding the place before the place, finding that quiet place. When you get to that quiet place, which is being seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, when you're seated in heavenly places, you're close enough to hear him whisper. If God's having to raise his voice at you, you're too far away. And he's trying to get you to come back, not because he's condemning you, not because he's, let me tell you all something. This whole mindset that God's doing evil things to you to bring you to him, that's wrong. God cannot do that. He, he, it's not that he would, he cannot, he doesn't have the ability. However, when things happen to you, it is his grace that has kept you in whatever situation you're in. And hopefully you will realize he's kept you. Now get a little closer and he can fix you. Amen. We've all been there on some level. People talk to me in April and they say, yeah, but you got, you got this ministry going. You, you, you know these people and you're hooked up with those people. Y'all, that literally means nothing to us because we've been alone. We've been an island out here by ourselves for so long. We're used to doing it with just us and him. But what people don't understand is the grind and, and to stay focused. And when things go sideways and people promise you the world and nobody delivers and everybody's here to do something but everybody's lazy. Not you wonderful people. But the truth is, is we've been there. We've been there where we've had people tell us this and nothing happened. We've had people promise this and nothing happened. But never once has God ever said that it didn't happen. Never once. So his voice matters way more than anybody else's, including mine. Because when he says, I will do it, he will do it. Amen? Where you are has everything, listen to me, where you are has everything with, to do with how you're releasing your words. Has your, behavior, your behavior is not what you need to fix. What you need to fix is the way you think and what comes out of your mouth. Those things will adjust your behavior. You are behaving by the way that you speak. Now listen, we can't be too caught up in faith. Now listen to me. You can't be too caught up in our way of believing that we don't get over into his way of believing. Royalty is something that has to manifest. Royalty is something that has to grow into you. Royalty is something that you have to recognize because what you don't understand is even before you give your life to him, he sees your future. God is always talking to you about your future, but you're stuck in your past or your present. God is always talking to you about what's next, but you're so caught up. And I'm not saying that it's not painful. I'm not saying that it doesn't have tentacles. I'm not saying that your pain doesn't have value. However, I'm saying the healer of all is talking to you about how to get out of it, not to stay in it. 
Because we got to get to where we listen to him instead of just complaining to him. When we come in here every morning to pray, we don't come in here to complain. When we walk in here from 7 to 8 o'clock, we don't come in here to complain. If you're in here complaining, hey, hashtag you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you got to be listening to him. You got to be getting quiet and learning. Conversation is what prayer is, not just one declaration. All right, I got to keep moving. Go to Romans chapter 5. Y'all learning anything? Romans chapter 5. We're going to read in the Amplified. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. In the Amplified. Now, if you don't have an Amplified, just look up on the screen. Juan will have it up in the Amplified. <clears throat> Romans 5, verse 15. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass, or His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. Now, we'll come back to that. For if many died through one man's uh, falling away, his lapse, his offense, uh, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the, of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for, say to and for the benefits of many. Now, what he's saying is this. Now, you read this in the King James, and it says by one man's offense and by one man's salvation. We're not going to go into King James, but what it's saying is this. By Adam's failure, listen, 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 everybody listen. By Adam's failure, when you're born into this earth, you're born a sinner. You're born with that nature. By Jesus' death, you're reborn. Now, let me ask you this now. As you were growing up, did you have to question, am I a sinner or not? No, it never crossed your mind. Because you were just growing up. And it's supposed to be that way in the spirit. Once you give your life to Jesus, you're supposed to just accept, I'm here now. And nothing's going to depend. I may fail. I may fall. I may mess up. I may not understand how things are working right. I may not get it. But I am walking in it. Now look at this. But to the free gift of God is not like the trespass because the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. You see that? There is no big God and big devil fighting over your soul. That battle's been over for millennial. God won, by the way, just so you know, in case you didn't already know, to the point that when the disciples brought up Satan, you got to understand, you read, read the New Testament, you will only see where Jesus addressed the devil one time outside of, outside of when he was being tempted. They said, yeah, but Satan, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, I think I remember him like lightning he fell, which means that guy, which is exactly how you're supposed to be. But we don't, we're, oh, Lord, pastor, we need some testimony services. We need some testimony services so somebody can grab this and walk around and whine about how the devil's after me. First of all, I don't mean to be offensive, ain't none of us anointed enough for the devil himself to be after us. Because the devil ain't like God, he can't be everywhere. He can't. What we have is an entire war going on in the spirit that has already been won, but yet we keep giving life to our failure because that's all we talk about. When Jesus needs you to see how good he is in your life. 
And although it may be just one little sliver and glimmer of hope, if you hang on to that little bit of hope, it amazes me, y'all. It amazes me that we've got an entire Bible full of 66 books that tell us the blessing of God is at work. And we don't see that as a light of hope. But yet we'll live a life of hell, and if somebody comes in and promises a dollar, then we'll hang on to that to the point we let that person manipulate us over money. And we see green pieces of paper as a light of hope and not 66 books of the blessing. Right? There's a thing going on right now. Um, and it's just a big running joke that, uh, you know, if you see it on the internet, it must be true, right? Well, the truth is, is most people believe that. Most people believe that, that if it's on the internet, that it must be true. Isn't it amazing how quickly people can believe the negative? You let one little thing come up and it'll go all over the world. It'll start trending. But you let somebody get saved and we barely clap anymore. Because we don't understand his goodness. Now let me go to verse 19. Jump down to verse 19. They're just as by one man's disobedience, uh, uh, failing to hear uh, heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. This is the Amplified. So by one man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable. I love that word. Made acceptable to God, brought into right standing with him. Now, let's go down to 21. Jump down to 21. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace, right here, read this now, his unearned. I'm reading in the classic. His unearned, undeserved favor might reign also through the righteous and the right standing with God, which, is, uh, which issues in eternal life through Christ Jesus, uh, our Lord, the anointed one. What is it saying? It's saying real simple. In simple terms, it's saying this. We battle from victory, not for it. You've already won. Now, I don't like the way modern-day grace is being taught because it's being taught as if there's no, there's no uh, adjusting of who you are. Sin is still sin. Amen? Sin will still cause you to be pulled out from beneath the umbrella of the covering. But I want you to hear this. Now, this is where some people get sideways with me, but biblically it's correct. Sin does not send you to hell. You were born that way. Sin keeps you out from underneath the blessing. The rejection of Jesus Christ is what sends you to hell. And if you never accept Jesus Christ, your sin will have an end result. But as you accept Jesus, the blessing will have an end result. You just got to give it something to work with. So here's the thing. One last thing. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Y'all learning anything? We're basically just having a real quick Bible study tonight. So I'm glad you're being attentive. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to start at verse 22. Now we're going to go back to the King James. <clears throat> and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples into a ship. He said, let's go. We've got to get out of here. To go before him to the other side, and he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain. So he sent them on, and he went up into a mountain to pray. And when the evening would come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And it was in the fourth watch of the night that Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. He's walking on the water. We all know this story. 
Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. Stop. They didn't even recognize who they spent the last two years with. Now, I've got plenty of messages on this one story, but we're going to stop right here because most people call themselves saved and they can't even recognize peace in their life. Most people call themselves followers of Jesus and they don't even recognize how the Bible works. Most, because here's what we've done is we've made it as we've made it, we've made it behavioral. This is the downfall of ministry. This is the downfall of leaders. This is our fault, not your fault. We have made it about your behavior, not about your heart. And as long as you just look the part, this is why people can be head deacons and molest their kids and nobody knows about it. This is why people can be children's pastors and raping kids at school and nobody knows about it. Because as long as they're tithing and as long as they're showing up and as long as they, they're clean shaven and they look the part, bless God, as long as, they're, as long as they come to the meetings and as long as they're doing what we ask them to do, they must be good. Oh, it amazes me the amount of people when, uh, listen, let's just, let's just look at it this way. I don't know if you know, I don't, I don't know if y'all pay attention to this stuff. I am a, uh, I'm an investigation reporter kind of guy. I love anything that deals with how they caught uh, John Wayne Gacy, the serial killers, and all these different things. And the BTK killer, now you might not know who that is, but the BTK killer who they could not catch, and they admitted, we can't catch this guy. You know why he got caught? Because he messed up and sent an email from a church computer where he was the head deacon while he was murdering 13 people because he was a giver, because he looked apart. Nobody prayed. Nobody had any discernment. Nobody went to the pastor and said, I got a little something here. Something's not right. Because his behavior was correct. Y'all, I want to help you with this. I honestly don't care about your behavior. It should clean itself up, yes. But I care about your hearts. Because if we can get your heart getting whole, your life will line up. How do you get your heart whole? Because you don't just give your life to a God that you can't see. You accept a Jesus that came to this earth full view for you to see he cared for you. And to show you how to walk. Well, let's get back to the story. When he walked on the water, they thought it was a ghost and everybody's freaking out. Simon Peter, being the one with guts... Lord, if that's you, call me out there to you because he's wanting, you got, got to give it. You make fun of him all you want to, at least he tried. And people say, well, you know, he got out there in the winds and the wave and he started sinking. How many of y'all would have took one step? Well, let's just be honest. In today's Christian society, how many of us, and I'm going to put me in there, how many of us would have even climbed down out of the boat? Because we all want to know something instead of knowing him. Now, I come from a Pentecostal background, and I know what it's like to sit at lunch with preachers and for us to out-revelate one another. And one day I was sitting there with some friends, and they shall remain nameless because some of them still are local. Um, and they were throwing out their concepts for messages, and I was kind of shooting back, and the Lord convicted me so strong. And he said, not one concept that's been thrown on this table have you guys prayed about? It's just good thoughts. And what we've done is we've built very good messages that catch your brain 
but they don't catch your heart. They cried with fear. Go to the next verse, verse 27. They cried with fear, but straightway Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. He has to tell them, don't be afraid. Now, I want to I do this and then we're done. It's okay. Listen to me. The modern move of word of faith, which I'm a part of, will tell you, no fear here. Well, sometimes we're flat out lying. It's okay to understand that in there is a little bit of fear. But what they're saying is, don't acknowledge the fear. Cry out to Jesus. And then Jesus says, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. And then usually, listen to me, an instruction comes. Now, here is our issue. Nobody likes to be told what to do. And Jesus has given instructions and nobody's listening. I can't even tell you how many emails and messages and phone calls I get where people say, you know, I know the Lord's telling me to come to your church, but, you know, I got, and they give me 25 reasons why. But then they want to go ahead and tell me how their life's all in or disarray. And I'm like, you know, coming to church is not going to fix that one time. However, you come to church, you get around a body of believers, and we pray with you, your life, will, it, it, that's what we're here for. Well, you know, Pastor, i got to get some things cleaned up before I come into church. You know, the building will fall in on me. Your sin is not more powerful than the anointing that's in this place. Because it's not about us. It's about him. Now, real quick, I'm going to tell you this, and then we're going to wrap this up. You have to know who you are in him. You have to be comfortable in your own spirit. When Simon Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, call me out there, that was his spirit connecting to Jesus' spirit. When he got out there on the water and the waves, then he started seeing out of his soul and his emotions and his fear of I'm going to die. And his soul tried to connect to Jesus and, oh, God, help me. And Jesus did help him. However, he missed the spirit connection to walk back. And let me tell you something. This is what's often missed. He walked back because he was connected to Jesus. Jesus didn't have to throw him on his shoulder and carry him. How do you think he got back to the boat? You think he swam? He walked back. So here's the thing. You have to be comfortable in your spirit. Now, in Pentecostal churches, and I've been trained in Pentecostal churches, in Pentecostal churches, when we say that term, everybody starts shouting and running because they think it's about a type of service, and it's not. It's about being connected to him and hearing what he's saying, his instruction, his move, his leading, his guiding. You know, we have altar services, and we lay hands on people, and I think that's wonderful. But the truth is, is you should be doing more in Walmart than I'm doing in here. Because he wants to use you like that. Now we were at a, a not this past election cycle, but the cycle before uh, when uh, President Obama uh, was running against Romney and, and that cycle. And we were working with, as individuals, not as a ministry, but as individuals, we were working with a friend of ours who was running for a, a place in the judgeship, Judge, uh, Attorney Blake Payne. He's actually our church, our church attorney. He does all of our church work. Great guy. He's a bishop in the church of God. He's a wonderful man. We were helping him with some different things. And we went to a, a debate in, where, where did we go? Thatch. We were at Thatch. We were at the Thatch Dance Hall. Praise the Lord. You ever been up to Thatch? You've seen the dance hall. We were there. And it was amazing to me that outside of the, the debates and little, the little snippets of people just kind of biting at each other, there was a man that spoke that was running for a seat on the city council. Uh, I'm sorry, on the county 
for a county seat. And you just knew. His name is Keith Davis. I don't know if any of you know who Keith is. I know Keith. But it was Keith Davis, and he was the last guy to speak that night. And you just knew when you heard Keith, no matter which side of this thing he's on, he's going to win. Y'all remember that. Because he was comfortable in who he was, and he knew what he was saying. He just knew who he was. And stood out among all of these people who are running for different positions because they're all nervous and they're all scared. And I don't, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get somewhere. And Keith, Keith was not trying to get anywhere. Keith was trying to be who he was in something. Does that make sense? What's, what, this is what we're doing. We're trying to be who we are in Christ when we're supposed to move into him and let him operate. Because we, if, once we become comfortable in him, amazing things can happen. But you can always tell when you're not comfortable in Christ. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. But you can always tell when you're not comfortable in Christ when he asks you to do something outside of your comfort zone and you start finding reasons why not to. Why, why don't I go to the hospital and pray for somebody's healing? Why don't I call that person and tell them what the Lord's telling me to tell them? Why, why, don't, why don't I give my last $100 when the Lord told me to give? Why, 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 why don't? See, he's always going to ask you to move a little bit further out of that comfort zone because it's the comfort zone that's stopping you. Your comfort zone are the waves and the winds. Your comfort zone is, listen, April doesn't like for me to talk about this, but April is making such waves down at the county jail. They're upset at her that she didn't go last week. Not the jail, the inmates. They're like, hey, where, where were we? Like, you know, she's supposed to be an inmate or something. Like she's supposed to be there. Because she's going in there and she's teaching them who they are. Not, listen to me now, she's not going in there and telling them that they're woeful sinners. Y'all, they're in jail, and everybody in jail's innocent. I've been there. But she's not dealing with that. You know what she's dealing with? She's dealing with him. She said, let me tell you who Jesus is. Not who you are. Not how you're a screw-up, not how you robbed a bank, not how you, uh, you took the fall for your boyfriend, not how you lied to federal agents, not, not how you ran dope, not how you're all meth heads. No, 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 no. let me tell you how, how, how valuable you are. And they're responding like crazy. To the point that I'm having to reach out to another ministry to get cases of books because they're needing stuff. Now, I'll tell you all of this tonight to tell you this one thing and then we're done. Sonship. Sonship has to be activated when you recognize you're in him and you operate as if he's operating. It should be fun to believe God. Now, what do you do to believe God? I don't know. What is it you need? You know, I know people that have believed God for money. And they got a lot of money, but they ain't got no peace. I know people that got a lot of peace, ain't got no money. I know people who are really good at flowing and healing and their body is healthy and whole, but, but they can't pay their bills. And I know a whole lot of people that could pay their bills and their bodies fall apart. And I know a whole lot of people that could pray the house down and lay hands on people and they fall in the floor, but they go home and their kids hate them. There's got to be a place where it's really about Him in all, every part of our life. That's what sonship is. Sonship is letting your salvation invade every part of your life.
Now stand to your feet with me. Let's just bow our heads. Let's stand up and just bow our heads. And let's just listen to peace for just a minute. Lord, your word says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The translation there is where the Spirit of the Lord has full reign. There is freedom. So Lord, we pray for freedom in this place. Freedom to worship you. Freedom to enjoy life. Freedom to enjoy church. Freedom to enjoy one another. But mostly, freedom because you reign. Lord, we thank you that you've set us free, but we have forgotten in this church and the church at large that we were bought with a price and that you've called us to be your disciples, not just to fellowship. So Lord, I pray for judgment day honesty in this church that people begin to get real with you in their private lives. Get hungry for you again to find that place, that place where they're hungry again that place where they're focused again. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're in this place, we never want to leave this place without giving somebody an opportunity to get saved. And if everybody's saved, that's great. But if nobody's saved, it's time to get there. If you're in this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody paying attention. This is not about anybody looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you, drag you out, or try to get you to say anything. But if you need Jesus... Lift your hands on the count of three. Just put it up and right back down. One, two, three. All across this place. Amen. I see hands. Put them right back down. We'll wait just a minute. All right. Church hands went up. This is how this works. Every head bowed. We're all going to pray together. Those of you that raised your hands, just say this along with us. And then we're going to believe God that his best shows up in your life. So everybody repeat after me. Say, Father... I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. I accept the free gift of salvation. I accept that your desire is for my life to have peace, to have value, to have worth. And you love me enough to die for me. Teach me to love you enough to live for you. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. People got saved, church. People got saved on a Wednesday night. Now, real quick, let's do this. Just, just stay in that worship mode. Just stay in that worship mode. Because God wants to begin to open your eyes to some things. This, I'm not going, I'm not going, we're not calling anybody up and praying for them tonight. This is personal. But before I walk off this stage, it's important to me that you hear these words. It's time for you to get very, very real and comfortable in your spirit. God told me that the worship of this church, not, 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 the, not the praise team, but, but corporately in the seats, will explode as I teach people to get comfortable in their spirits. God told me that the Wednesday nights would begin to grow and the hunger and, and the anointing would flow as people get comfortable in their spirits. So it's time for you to get comfortable. And this is how you do it. You accept that he's calling you out to deep waters. 
And that if he's calling you out there, even if you stumble, he will not let you drown. He will not let you go under. He's got you. So, Father, I pray over every person in this room that they're willing to flow. They're willing to hear. They're willing to do what you called them to do. They're willing to be who you've called them to be. Lord, you've got gifts and callings and and blessings and and different things coming to all these. All these young people, these young adults, Lord, you've got their lives in your hand. You've got their spouses, their children, their families. You've got it in your hand. Oh, and if we just get into that place, we position ourselves to receive all of it, Lord. I pray for those in this room that are hurting. I pray for those that are broken. I pray for those that seem to be doing well because life throws curveballs. I pray for those who are dealing with sickness and I pray for those who, are, who have good health. I simply pray that our eyes are turned towards you, God. And that as a, as a body, we love each other through whatever we're going through. That we never turn our back on one another and get caught up in the fluff of church. But we stay in the power and the blessing and the anointing of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Have y'all learned anything tonight? God is so good, isn't he? All right, real quick, guys, if y'all come to the front, Tyler, uh, Caleb, will you help? Or unless y'all have already got something set up, we're going to do offering tonight, and then we're going to go. Listen, I've been asked to continue to do this, so I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Um, Most of you were here Sunday, so y'all know we've been surprised with the opportunity to go to a minister's conference. Um, so if you're interested in sewing toward that, I think the hotel room is paid for. We're just look, I think they're just believing God for gas and food and stuff like that now. So if you want to sew toward that, that would be amazing. If not, you, you know how we are. There's no pressure in anything here. So you only give what the Lord tells you to give because if a man can pull it out of you, it wasn't God. Amen. So let's pray, and we're going to receive offering, then we're going to let you go. Father, I thank you for every seed that's sowed. I thank you that every budget's met. I thank you that every people, every person that sows a seed tonight, it's your will that you open the door to give back to them. And Lord, I believe, God, that amazing things open up because of the seed that they sow. Lord, I know the hearts of these people. And I know they've been taught well. And I know they know they're not being manipulated. So if they're sowing, they're sowing with a heart to believe you for a harvest. And I call that harvest in quickly. And I thank you that their lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, gentlemen, as they go by. April, is there anything I need to announce? Other than this, we will be gone. When are we leaving? When are we leaving? We're leaving Monday the 23rd or something. Well, I don't know what day that is. Y'all tell me. Come on, somebody tell me the days. We're leaving Sunday the 23rd, huh? You don't know? So that means the... 27th is a Wednesday, correct? We will have to announce what will be happening for services on that time. I'm not sure if we'll even have service. Probably won't, considering we'll be out of town and children and all that stuff. So we will announce that the week before. Uh, but outside of that, uh, we're good to go. Anything else? You don't need to meet with anybody on anything. All right. Have a good night. Love on somebody as you go. Thank you. <laughs>